Yeah, I think most of your audience can appreciate that if you as a culture had a monopoly on the conversation for a century as the progressives had and you start losing control of that monopoly, it is going to look like chaos to you and your tension and fear is going to be palpable and that tension and fear is going to be contagious. So some so some very, very bad people are very, very worried about losing their stature and status in our society and that should make right thinking people very, very happy. Here on the Rubin Report, and I'm doing mini interviews with creators on why they decided to become less reliant on big tech and instead own their content and community and livelihood with Locals.com. Joining me today is the Willy Wonka of politics himself, Michael Malice. Welcome back to the Rubin Report. Thanks, Dave. I thought you were going to be in one of your Michael Malice getups, dressed as Tulsi Gabbard or B. Arthur or somebody, but you're just giving me regular Malice. Oh no, I'm dressed like the Little Mermaid right now. <laughs> From the bottom down. Well, that's the mermaid part, yeah. That's the mermaid part. All right, Malice, so before we get into why, uh, why you're on Locals and, and you've had incredible success there, actually, um, I thought I should probably give you a little credit because you've been predicting the disintegration of everything for quite some time. And as a matter of fact, you relish in it, but also point to a way that it will not be all horrible. And I think that's what people are worried about. Help me out with this. Yeah, I think most of your audience can appreciate that if you as a culture had a monopoly on the conversation for a century as the progressives had, and you start losing control of that monopoly, it is going to look like chaos to you. And your tension and fear is going to be palpable and that tension and fear is going to be contagious. So some, so some very, very bad people are very, very worried about losing their stature and status in our society. And that should make right thinking people very, very happy. Uh, and this should be something that's an opportunity for hope. We, you, you know, you don't tear down a building and it just, it's not like a snap of fingers and then it's like a new building's there. There's going to have to be that transition period, which is going to be ugly. So this ugliness is kind of like a nemetic, you know, if you've ever had it coming out both ends, that's basically what we're seeing. Uh, the body politic is purging itself of the poison. Yeah, what do you think it looks like? Like, regardless of who wins, perhaps you wanna make a prediction, but like in a year from now, like when we get to that other side, the rebuild side, what do you, what do you think that looks like? Well, the beauty of chaos is you have no idea, way of knowing what it's going to look like. I mean, I think we all remember in 2016, after Trump got elected, we were like, what does this mean? Like, we, none of us had any clue what a Donald Trump presidency would look like. On the one hand, it could have been like an Arnold Schwarzenegger governorship of California, where he's kind of this like middle of the road, like lefty Republican and ends up destroying the Republican Party forever. Or he could have gone full kind of Giuliani plus law and order. Let's bring out the wood chippers or the guillotines or whatever. And it's kind of been a mix. A lot of it's much more rhetorical than otherwise. But uh, the other concern is, you know, we don't know what a Biden presidency would look like. There's two scenarios. One is Biden's going to be a moderate Democrat. Biden has been very anti-crime in his career. Biden is the one who took down Bernie Sanders, not President Trump. Or Biden is going to be weak and ineffectual, and what Black Lives Matter is basically going to be running the country, and Antifa is going to be running the country. Either those scenarios, and and the court's going to be packed, and any kind of right wing gains at a legal level will be lost forever. So both of these scenarios are also plausible there. So we have no way of knowing. All I know is that uh, people who are comfortable are going to be made uncomfortable, and that historically is a good thing. 
But either way, you want less of these people in our lives. Is that fair to say, Malice? Right. So when they're running around like chickens with their heads cut off, possibly, hopefully, literally, that is going to be good because when they're fighting each other and they can't get their stuff together, that gives them less of an opportunity to try to inflict their schemes on us. And here's another thing that should be very, very exciting for a lot of people. Ron Paul and then President Trump have legitimized the anti-war position within the Republican Party, which had been the case before uh, with the rise of neocons and George W. Bush especially became part and parcel of Republicanism. Imagine if Joe Biden, without some sort of enormous 9-11 event, or even maybe with one, God forbid, sat down and, or President Trump in a second term said, we're all going to war. He would not have the ability to form that coalition that historically past presidents have. So to have that chaos and that lack of ability to form a consensus is, in this case, literally saving hundreds of thousands of lives. Well, Malice, it's that sort of insight. That's why I love you. That's why I quote you all the time. And you've been uh, a voice, an odd voice of reason somehow in these crazy times. And your book is right over there. It's right off camera right now. Anywho, uh, this is a good segue to sort of why you're on Locals because you were the third person on there. Um, and I, I hand selected you. I said, this guy will be perfect at, when we were just sort of seeding it just to who could be the test people. Um, why did you think that doing something off big tech was, was gonna be good for you? Uh, it was such a no brainer. And I was looking for an alternative. I was on Patreon before and here are the advantages I had with locals. I do not ever have to worry that I'm going to make a video or send out a tweet and have everything I've created vanished overnight. I don't have to worry about not having a recourse. First of all, I could call you up or you would call me and be like, hey, this is inappropriate. Let's figure this out. Number one. So not, I have a call into the guy at the top. But number two is. Well, I, for the record, I certainly won't say that to you. You're, it's your site. We're, we're just giving you the tools. What you do with those tools is up to you, my friend. Do you want to play with this fighter? Because yeah. we can play with this fighter. <laughs> no, but in, in all seriousness, that was a huge advantage. Second, it, uh, the vibe of Locals is this was a place where p me and people who like what I do and respect what I do are welcome as opposed to being regarded as something to put up with and an embarrassment and something to apologize about. I don't think people appreciate to what extent the employees at, let's suppose, Spotify are driven crazy that their platform is being used to further the views of people that they regard as literal Nazis or Twitter or Facebook. So when you have that kind of disconnect between the people running the site and the creators who are in the Jewish, um, it, it, it's very reassuring to know you're not going to have to sit down with someone and explain, no, I would have been against the Holocaust and would have been a victim. Yeah, so part of this, of course, is that there's a paywall. So I think you let, you let, you have a minimum, right? But you let people come on for whatever, whatever they want to pay. And I know some people must be saying, but wait a minute, Michael Malice wrote a book called The New Right. He's an expert at what the trolls are up to. Why would he want to be in a place where there are no trolls? Because trolls won't pay you. No, they, all my followers are trolls. I'm a professional troll. I, I trolled Kamala Harris very successfully. I trolled people all the time on Twitter. Uh, trolling at its best is the art of exploiting someone's weaknesses and turning them to a former uh, for the sake of the broader audience. So it is impish, it is mischievous, it is fun, it is, it is very much Willy Wonka, but it's not about being hate. 
hateful. Me just telling you, hey, Dave, you're a SOB or that, that's not trolling. That's just being a jerk. So I think people enjoy, uh, my followers certainly, the people who support me, enjoy how effective puncturing these balloons are of these pompous people who have presumed to put themselves in positions of authority despite being such mediocre people. And here's a, one great example I frequently use. I'll just ask them, have you ever considered the possibility that you're the bad guys? And just that one simple question to the likes of these, you know, operatives really gets people excited and gets them, some of them, uh, to wonder, you know what, maybe I don't have it as much figured out as I'd like to think I do. Yeah. Do you think the ship has totally sailed with big tech that we're basically just at the end of it now? Like, you know, we all are on borrowed time there, basically? No. Uh, but I think that, you know, at any time you have any industry, it's going to at first ossify into like four to 10, you know, major establishments. It was the case in publishing, you know, he had six companies is the case in music, you know, he had a certain number of labels, but after a certain time, like in music, like in self-publishing and in the internet, uh, they might have a disproportionate amount of impact on the market, but they're not going to have that monopoly control uh, that we're seeing to some extent now. The only people, there's a very few people who are like completely, you know, driven off the internet. Uh, the rest, they're, they're having issues with it. And the fact that you are creating a competitive advantage, uh, alternative to them, really is an issue because just if I'm not political, why would I, if I have to choose between Patreon and locals, right, and they're both comparable in their advantages, but this has the disadvantage of I might lose my account overnight for some political reason, whereas here that's not going to be a concern, and I'm going to have a similar ability to attract audiences, why wouldn't I go to this other one? Have you booted anyone out of your locals community yet? I have not ever had to. Yeah. I've never had to warn anyone. I mean, having that velvet rope, uh, so how I have it set up is it's free. If you want to watch, read everything, I have exclusive content. It's five bucks a month if you want to support me and then you could participate and whatever. I, we've had not even any arguments. So the fact that I'm so big on people establishing their own boundaries and being pro-joy and not being so sneering, uh, I think self-selects for a certain quality type of person. Yeah. Do you find it changes your mood on a day-to-day -day basis? Like I open Twitter and then it's like a half hour later and I'm like, oh, what did I just see? It's like, it's like bathing in vomit. And then I open up my locals and I'm like, oh, these are all good, interesting people sharing things about themselves. How pleasant. No, but when I go on, tw my, that is for many, for my community, the locals is being used as an alternative Facebook because when people are posting things about their personal lives or someone at work, they don't have to worry about that. Yeah. From high school, casting aspersions on them or screen capping them, right? For me, Twitter, and you and I have different Twitter experiences because I'm much more of a brawler on Twitter and I, you know, monetize the haters. You know, uh, you know, if someone comes at me, I say it would be a shame if people bought me this book I don't really want just to spite you. <laughs> and yesterday I just made a hundred bucks, you know, to buy, you know, this uh, antique book. So I think you and I have very different experiences on Twitter and you get a lot, uh, surprisingly, you get disproportionately more hate than I do and I can't figure out why that is. I'm not being sarcastic. I walked, Malice. You know why. Come on. They can't let somebody walk. Yeah, 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 right, yeah, that's true. You know? Once yeah, you're apostate. To, you're yeah. an apostate, yeah, yeah. It's religion, you know? You can't let the non-believers walk away. What's next for Michael Malice in this uh, my, my next situation? My next book is called The White Pill, um, and I'm working on it now, and this is really going to be a manifesto that's going to make people very excited and very hopeful about the future of this country because we've beaten some very bad people before and people don't realize how bad it used to be. Are, are you surprised that people don't realize that we will get through to this. I mean, this is sort of where we started a few minutes ago, but like that people feel like, a certain amount of people just feel like, oh, 
we've crossed some Rubicon and now it's just endless chaos forever. Like they sort of don't understand that these things are cyclical and that it will, it will get better. I think it's a very useful technique to tell your opponents preemptively that you can't win and all hope is lost because then you have to get a scratch in the battle. So this has very much been a message coming out from corporate media that it's over, give it up, you guys can't win. And you know we're raised to trust these people, raised to believe them, and some of us will trust them and believe them. And then it's like, oh, wait, no. They've been lying to me about everything since I was a kid. They're lying about this. They want me to give up. And here's the thing, even if you lose, at least you could lose your head held high. And to give up for the sake of these people uh, and say you can't beat these college professor types that you see these little clips of them all the time, to me is an absurdity. Everyone knows what the red pill is, Malice. What's the white pill? The white pill is the possibility of hope that the good guys will win. That's it. That's, That's it. it. All right. Pimp yourself out. <laughs> pimp, pimp out your locals. It's uh, malice.locals.com, and I, I'm glad to see you all there. You're a simple man, Michael Malice. <laughs> I look forward to seeing you next time in full uh, mermaid outfit, and keep up the good work, my friend. It'll be a big splash. Take care, Dave. If you're looking for more honest and thoughtful conversations about politics instead of nonstop yelling, check out our politics playlist. And if you want to watch full interviews on a variety of topics, watch our full episode playlist all right over here. And to get notified of all future videos, be sure to subscribe and click the notification bell.